You are listening to episode number 17 of the Oxford Lafayette and Region Sports Podcast. This episode will feature a look into the upcoming sports week for the week of October the 5th through October the 10th, and also talk about the games I was able to attend last week, along with playoff positioning for the area teams in volleyball. If you would like to sponsor the OLR podcast, contact me through a direct message on Twitter at BenMichael underscore FW or at OLR underscore podcast. Or you can send me an email at playsfair234, that's P-L-A-Y-S-F-A-I-R, number 234 at yahoo.com for more information. Follow the podcast now on Twitter at OLR underscore podcast so you can make sure you do not miss another episode of the podcast. The podcast will also post available scores from Oxford Lafayette and Regent Sporting Events. The Lafayette baseball team is selling $100 chances to win a John Deere side-by-side in a raffle. 500 of these chances will be sold, but once they are all sold, no other chances will be sold. To purchase a chance, see any current Lafayette baseball player or then mail your money to at Lafayette Baseball. Well, most of the area teams are coming off successful weeks in their own respective sporting events, such as cross-country, both Oxford Oxford boys anyways, and Lafayette's girls went to Mississippi College to participate in the Watson meet. Oxford was able to compete as a team, and they did have four finishers finish in the top 20, starting with Chase Rose's second-place finish behind uh, East Central runner with a time of 15 minutes, 25 seconds. He finished seven seconds behind first place. Luke Johnson finished 7th at 16 minutes, 17 seconds. Matthew Singletary finished 15th at 16 minutes, 49 seconds. And Ethan Knight finished 19th with a time of 16 minutes, 57 seconds. Well, if they had had a few runners participating, although they did not have enough for a team, but anybody participating at the Mississippi College Watson meet usually go there because that is where the MHSAA state meet is held and also the MAIS state meet is also being held there later on this month. For Lafayette's um, results, Mia Dawson finished 10th in her race in the gold division with a time of 20 minutes 13 seconds. Caroline Wilson finished 34th with a time of 21 minutes 27 seconds. And Della Shackelford finished 55th time of 22 minutes 38 seconds. They all participated. One other racer also participated in a lower divisional meet, but only as an individual runner. She placed in the top 100. Lafayette only brought like four runners to come, so they didn't weren't able to compete as a team. They also had several runners out due to injury and for whatever reasons that they may be out, but they did have a few runners to at least run the track at least once. That kind of gives that type of meet kind of gives everybody that practice run of the state meet course and what to expect when the state meet comes around come near Halloween later this month at the first weekend of November that's when the MHSA state meet is going to be held so that was a pretty important meet for every anybody involved that was able to run it both of these schools next Saturday will be participating in the Pontotoc Cross Country Invitational that's another big meet for a lot of the teams especially in North Mississippi so we will be anxiously awaiting to see the results out of that meet. Meanwhile, in volleyball, first starting off with Oxford, they finished the week 2-0 with a um, win over New Albany and a four-set win over South Haven. The South Haven win finished, let finish, holy crap, allowed Oxford to finish 
undefeated in region play at 6-0. They have completed all of their division games. They will be the number one seed heading into the playoffs like we talked about last week. And their first home playoff game will be October 13th. This week, however, they will be playing Lafayette on Tuesday, hosting Lafayette on the return end of the two meetings that they have this year. And they will also be hosting Lewisburg, who will be in the playoffs. And that will be a good playoff test for the upcoming playoffs for Oxford. And Oxford's hoping to make a deeper run than the first round of the playoffs that they did last week. Currently, Oxford's 13-8 and overall on the season. But the more important games that they've been able to win, they've been able to... Um, take care of business within their division and be in position best possible position for the playoffs Lafayette however really had a tough week Lafayette lost both of their region games and and one of them they really could not afford to lose and that's a four set loss to Saltillo on the road and congratulations to the Saltillo volleyball team that that was their first ever division win in their program's history that's a young program over there and they're starting to kind of get a handle of how volleyball is being done here in the state. But that was a very crucial match that Lafayette had to win, and they did not. They were able to win earlier this year in four sets over South Tilla at home. But I was over there, and South Tilla seems to have started to figure out who their better hitters are and just really took it to the Lafayette Commodores. And just really, they were able to get out to big leads in each of the four sets. Lafayette was able to rally in the first set, recover from that lead, and take the first set. They almost rallied and took the second set. That was a competitive back and forth that had the set winner take 30 points before it was all said and done. But ultimately, um, Saltillo's leads proved to be too much to overcome over and over again. And Lafayette was unable to maintain any momentum in that match and subsequently lost that match. And of course, they played Center Hill, the defending 5A champions at home. They were able to compete with a couple of sets, but Center Hill did what Center Hill has done all season, and that's take care of business in the division. Center Hill is going to be the number one seed, and that was really Lafayette's last hope to get into the playoffs. Now that they're behind Center Hill and loss, excuse me, behind Saltillo in losses, they also have Lake Comeret coming up, and they need help from Saltillo to beat Lake Comeret in order to have any other shot left to um, get in the playoffs, but pretty much their playoff shot. I haven't really looked to see if there was any possible way Lafayette could still make the playoffs as they're one and four in the division, but playoff-wise, they are really on the far outside looking in right now. And this week's worth of games, they will have three matches this week. They will play Regents on Monday, and I'll talk about Regents here in a minute. And, of course, I'd already talked about the Crosstown matchup against Oxford. And then on Thursday, their last home region match against Lake Comerant. So, really, this week for Lafayette, I think it's a little bit more about pride and maybe even a little revenge factor with the Oxford game, the Lake Comerant games. But really, this team needs to focus out on finishing the season strong and just have fun with some of these next few games. And they might be able to play better if they start to loosen up a little bit instead of being stressed out over the playoff hunt that they've been chasing for much of the middle part of the season and if they were to go 3-0 which is completely possible for this team I've seen this team play and they've been able to play complete sets for a couple of matches 
And if they can start playing complete matches against Oxford and against Lake Homeret, they have a good chance of finishing this season strong, even though it's very unlikely that they make the playoffs. But if they can finish this season strong, that's a lot to look forward to for this group because they have a couple of defensive specialists along with Kaylee Gooch, who has transformed into a solid middle blocker for this team. She's just a junior and she'll be back next year. So this Commodore team has a lot of pieces to look forward to, a lot of solid talent for this volleyball team that can put it together if they put their minds to it. They certainly have a shot of making a playoff run in the near future. Maybe not necessarily this year because they're definitely um, pretty much out of it, but they got the pieces to make a run at it next year, and who knows when Center Hill is finally going to graduate those players and Lake Homer, and I mean, they can play with Lake Homer, and even when Lake Homer has all their players together, so they could definitely make a run at making the playoffs against one of these DeSoto County schools. It's just a matter of putting the pieces together and simply just playing, playing together, communicating together, and playing as a team. The region's volleyball squad picked up a couple of wins this week against West Memphis Christian and Amory Christian. Over in Amory, Mississippi, I was over in Amory to watch Regents play for the first time in quite a couple weeks, two, three, four weeks now that I haven't seen Regents play. But they were able to um, get a straight set victory over Amory Christian, who, if I'm not mistaken, they told me that they had just started their volleyball program over there as well. And that was, they. I think they told me that was their first ever home game, which is quite amazing because... They looked like they knew exactly what they were doing over there <laughs> because they had the they had the official scorebook and all that and they had some pretty darn good players for a team that's in its first year. They were able to um stay competitive with Regents and but on the Regents side of things, they had a couple of hitters had their best games according to head coach Casey Hing Casey Hingler, sorry about that. That was Jemiah Fondren and Lauren Niemeyer, one is an 8th grader, that's Lauren, and one is a junior, that's Jemiah. So both of them will be in the program next year, of course. A lot of these players on this team are 8th graders, and they're very talented 8th graders. And just this past weekend, those 8th graders participated in a middle school tournament that was held at Jackson Academy, which they won this weekend. Congratulations to that region's team full of middle schoolers that should be participating in the middle school level but with varsity members that they haven't really been able to do that this year so congratulations to the regents lady lions on their middle school tournament victory all those varsity matches started to pay off for the lady lions because the lady lions only have five players on the roster that are at the high school level freshmen sophomores juniors and seniors in total just five players the rest are either eighth graders or a couple or they're in sixth grade so they've really just been tough about it and their setter a sixth grader maddie niemeyer she's been playing a lot better at the varsity level and just playing like a varsity setter should and that's been helping out their offense recently that allowed um her sister lauren niemeyer's and jemiah's great 11 kill games in her game against amory christian so this team is looking on the up and up now uh regions unlike the public schools they have an all-around tournament so everybody gets to participate in the playoffs and their first round of playoffs will begin 
starting next week. I do not know their opponent yet, and I would need to look on the website to see who that might be and who would be hosting such a playoff game. Heading into the football games this week, of course, both teams had homecoming. Both Oxford and Lafayette did. Lafayette was hosting Grenada. That's their home opener of the season, fifth game of the year. That was Lafayette's home opener while Oxford was hosting Lewisburg. Both of them led to had pretty dominating games. Lafayette had a 35-14 victory over Grenada while Oxford ran away from Lewisburg 39-7. Oxford pretty much um, took took care of business and took advantage of big-time mistakes by Lewisburg because Oxford lived on Lewisburg's half for the last, like, 18 minutes of the first half. Lewisburg really did have one good drive using their running game to their advantage and really fooling the Oxford defense. But after that, and they failed on a 38-yard field goal attempt, their offense really couldn't do a whole lot after that. And Oxford took advantage this week, especially after last week, Oxford... Oxford's red zone offense, they weren't able to really finish drives against South Haven. Credit to South Haven's defense, of course, but this time against Lewisburg, they were able to finish off the drives with touchdowns instead of field goals, and that quickly put the game out of reach. It was 39-0 at halftime. Oxford had a running clock in the second half, and they ended up winning 39-7. Obviously, that was the game I was at, and I did keep tabs on how Lafayette's game was going over against Grenada. I put in my football capsule that whoever took care of the ball would win this game. Lafayette didn't do that on the very first play of the game, throwing an interception, but Lafayette's defense stood tall and forced a missed field goal from Grenada, if I'm not mistaken, and Lafayette was able to survive that turnover. After that, they really only have one turnover, and that was at the end of the half where Grenada really couldn't take advantage of it on a Hail Mary attempt. But really, both teams played a clean game. But, however, when you play a clean game, that means usually whoever has the better offense against the other team's defense is usually going to win such a game. And Tyrus Williams and company was able to do just that. They scored five times in the game, five touchdowns to get their 35 points. Grenada, at times, were a little bit successful on offense, but just not as successful against Lafayette's defense, who outside of one game has really had a good year they held horn lake to six points and we're seeing horn lake scoring 41 and 54 points the last couple of games so their offense just did not get the footing that they had against lafayette but they've gotten better footings when they played against lake Calmer with 21 points um they faced desoto central who they scored 54 on and of course they scored 41 against Lewisburg so Warren Lake's offense has definitely been performing better and Lafayette's defense is showing their stuff they've only allowed 21 to West Point and they were put in some bad situations in that game 14 to Grenada 6 to Horn Lake of course they allowed the 33 to Oxford and they didn't really tackle well but Lafayette's defense has been pretty solid this season and that should be um, helpful in going through the rest of their division schedule they got probably their biggest test remaining next week as they travel to Center Hill Center Hill has been winning several football games lately and they've been able to just find a way to win some of the close games they I believe played Columbus last week and beat them 24 to 22 so Center Hill and they beat like Calmeret who also beat Horn Lake so this Center Hill team is something to be reckoned with this year and 
starting to come back to where they were, I think, a little more than a decade ago when Center Hills football team beat West Point one year, won the division as a result of that in the same division that they lost to Oxford's, however. But they still won a division because that was the year Oxford just went all over the map. I believe a decade ago, going five and six, missed the playoffs. Center Hill is, I think, runs like a old-fashioned offense, of similar to a wing T triple option type offense. So Lafay needs to be ready for that. Their run defense has to be um, ready to stop such a triple option attack, just like Georgia Tech has used to be running. For years and years and years over there. So LaFay's got to be ready for that. Meanwhile, Oxford will make a trip to DeSoto Central. Of course, last time Oxford made a trip to DeSoto Central, they struggled to um, beat the Jaguars. But they were able to last time. Of course, last year they thumped them pretty good. But this year, obviously, playing at their place can be a whole lot different than last year. Oxford's offense got back... On the right foot, they took advantage, as I pointed out earlier, of some drives. Yes, they only had 215 yards of offense, but they didn't have much field to cover to score those touchdowns. So they weren't able to really show their improvements from last week. <clears throat> but they were able to execute on offense. Only 40 plays they ran in 28 in the first half. First string offense wasn't out there for that long. First string offense did execute, especially in the air. The quarterbacks combined for, I think, 160-some-odd passing yards. On the ground, they didn't do too much, but they didn't have to because one play, 31 yards, touchdown, and that's it. You don't need a running game when you can execute in the air on just one play, maybe two or three plays. But Oxford has to be um, happy with the fact that they got a 39-7 wing. Pretty dominating performance as opposed to Pretty much what the start of the season has had struggled against Grenada to put them away. Offensively, they didn't struggle. It was more the defense was on the field. Defense did very well against Lewisburg's run game, only allowing 57 total rushing yards. But 53 of those 57 came in the first drive. And after that, Oxford adjusted and only allowed four rushing yards the rest of the night. And that's a job well done against a team that has been averaging 300 rushing yards a game. So that defense is starting to pick it up a little bit, especially in the run game that Oxford has been known for in the past couple years, been able to stop the run and pretty much um, squat opposing offenses down to submission as a result of them not being able to run the ball. Looking into next week, I mean, I mentioned most of these already, but I did not mention the Regents cross-country team, which has not had a scheduled meet in quite some time. On Monday, they are traveling to the Kurt Academy Invitational for on Monday for an evening meet. The girls will run at 4.30 while the boys will run at 5.10. Pretty cool temperatures is expected for that meet, so they should be able to get some good times in for the Regents team that's uh, going to have their state meet in a couple weeks. Uh, volleyball for Regents, they will be, of course, at Lafayette on Monday. And on Tuesday, they will host the Soto Christian Academy. And on Thursday, they will travel to Tupelo to make the return trip on that home-and-home -home series. For all volleyball games this week, there will be a JV game at 5 p.m. and a varsity at 6 p.m. Of course, stay updated to their respective social media accounts. Regents is on Facebook, while Lafayette and Oxford is on Twitter because there has been JV games that have been canceled because of the COVID-19 and contract, contract contact tracing 
that has been occurring, especially with Oxford Volleyball, as they've been steadily returning members back to their team last week. And Lafayette hasn't had that happen to them yet. Just this past week, they've only had one positive test at the high school. So they haven't had to really deal with that. And Lafayette's really done a good job in keeping that virus under wraps. Obviously, in football, Oxford's at the Toe Central, Lafayette's at Center Hill. Both of those games kick off at 7 o'clock. Oxford on the radio can be heard on 95.5 a.m. AM, FM, 95.5 FM, some point I'm going to get this right, that's the Bullseye Station, and Lafayette's radio is on 105.1 FM, that's the Oxford Station, that's the Q105 Station, that's here in town. Volleyball, Oxford, I did not mention this, Oxford is hosting a tournament on Saturday Right before the playoffs begin, it will be the last day of the regular season. So that's really a last chance for volleyball teams to either play or get a, like a tune-up for the playoffs. So they will be hosting that at Oxford High School this weekend as well. Cross-country, I think I mentioned it, both Oxford and Lafayette will be at the Ponata Cross-Country Invitational. Very unusual times for Saturday meet because... Um, the girls will start running at 2.20 p.m. That's in the heat of the day, while the boys will run at 3 p.m. There is a lot of other races in that Invitational that occur beforehand because they do have a 1A to 3A race, and there's a middle school race as well, and they do both girls and boys separately. They don't have them on the track at the same time, so that's why you have those races in the afternoon. As I wind up this podcast episode, just going to go over some of where Oxford and Lafayette football is in the standings-wise. Lafayette right now improved to 1-1, one and, one, and they're trying to um, shake off that one loss so far on the season to West Point as their schedule does get easier and easier as the season goes on, while Oxford is 2-0. and oh, And obviously they played South Haven in a tight one. That's a good win for them. And, of course, they played Lewisburg, who is looking more and more like the one that's going to end up being last in the region. They will have a tough matchup at DeSoto Central. That's a team that's just scrappy as ever, defensively and offensively. So a win there would put Oxford in a prime position for a playoff run, especially since South Haven has found quarantine issues as they had to um, shut down for two weeks, they've get they had to give forfeit wins to Hernando this past week and to Tupelo. Hernando, speaking of, is also two and zero. Horn Lake is two and zero. Of course, West Point in Lafayette's division is two and zero, and Center Hill is two and zero. So Lafayette needs to win this game at Center Hill if they expect to have a home game in the playoffs. Because if they do not win this game, then Lafayette is just going to be f- ever so. Um, fighting for a playoff spot to forget a home game they need to be fighting for a playoff spot and no one's exempt from not making the playoffs here in this town because one year both Oxford and Lafayette both missed the playoffs and as recently as three years ago so no playoffs in this town is a very rarity but if Lafayette doesn't win this game at Center Hill then they're going to be fighting an uphill battle to make the playoffs with the other teams, particularly teams like Lake Comorant or Grenada, they did beat Grenada. That was huge last week, but now they got another huge one against Central. If they are able to win that one, then a home game for them is theirs for the taking. 
for Oxford. Obviously, they're on a 17-game winning streak, but this team is by no means immune to having someone sneak up on them and finally take them down. Obviously, South Haven almost did. Well, Fayette had a 16-point lead themselves earlier this year, and they weren't able to hold on. Of course, this team, Oxford team is just one not to give up, but... With the rest of their schedule, they have yet to play Olive Branch, Horn Lake, and Tupelo. Tupelo's been playing everyone pretty evenly right now. And they're they're going to be 2-1 and one because they're already going to get a forfeit W because they play South Haven this weekend. South Haven's being forced to quarantine right now. Horn Lake is proving to be a lethal offense right now. And they're a team to be reckoned with. Oxford will, I believe, host them in two weeks. And they will um, play host Olive Branch in a couple more weeks after that I don't remember I don't know off the top of my head what the schedule is like but those two games are going to be big in determining Oxford's playoff fate and getting another home game and another divisional championship so good luck to these football teams as they take on their next week games good luck to the volleyball teams as they play through the last week of the regular season we're almost through the season despite the fact that COVID's still been hanging around and, oh, I almost forgot about this, but, yes, Governor Tate Reeves has increased outdoor events capacity to 50%. He has not increased the indoor capacity events yet. The indoor, of course, events is um, two, still 25% for gyms. So, right now, 350 is the number at Oxford and 225 is the number at Lafayette. And if they stay at 25% going towards basketball season then that's going to be a tough number to deal with. So hopefully those percentages increase soon for indoor events. Obviously, outdoor is huge, and Lafayette was able to um, have the luxury of having 50% capacity at their games. They really needed it. And everyone else as well, as they, that's they um, start taking in more people, and more of a normal crowd can be um, seen at football games instead of a full-capacity crowd. <clears throat> it's not full capacity, yes, but 1,100 on the home side is close to what Oxford experiences on a normal football game day. So that's very nice to see in that retrospect. So hopefully we need to keep doing our jobs, wear a mask if possible. Yes, the mask mandate has been lifted, but not at sporting events. So if you're at a sporting event, the MHSAA still has a mandated max mask mandate so please wear your mask at your sporting events because we want to keep our sports as well and basketball and soccer has been voted on to con to continue on as normal so preseasons will go on as normal for basketball and soccer as well and hopefully we will have previews for those sporting events pretty soon because we got a lot of them to cover both boys and girls teams each have separate seasons 10 teams to cover over the next month to and Regents basketball, that's something to watch. Obviously, their girls went pretty far in the MAIS tournament last year. Of course, you have Oxford girls, Oxford boys, both basketball and soccer. And, of course, Lafayette girls and Lafayette boys in both basketball and soccer to talk about. So hopefully we will get to be talking about those soon. Thank you for listening to the OLR podcast. This was episode 17, which took a look into the upcoming sports week recapped the previous week in Lafayette County sports and took a look ahead into the Lafayette and Oxford football teams in the midst of division play. Soon we will preview the area basketball and soccer teams as they are set to start preseason practices. Thanks for listening.